0: Welcome to another edition of Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter and along with me is? Jonathan Pritchett. And today we're continuing our Why I'm a series. Why I'm a atheist, why I'm a Hindu, why I'm a, uh, what, Wiccan, why I'm, today, why I'm a Mormon. So I have my why t-shirt on, I think, yeah. I have my why t-shirt on for this edition of Why I'm a. Stay with us.
1: So it's here's, not heresy, it's, come no, on. No, it's heresy son. They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yelled real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, uh, this it. I, I, I was not impressed. <laughs> I, I've never heard of this gentleman before, but...
0: except in the imagination of Dr. Braxton and like-minded thinkers, that there is such a thing as an objective morality. Right, well, that was a very passionate speech by Professor Alvarez. However, let me point out a couple of things that I have not argued tonight that Professor Alvarez seems to think that I have argued. Everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. On behalf of humanity, God became man to die for the sin of the world. Then because of that sacrifice, you can rise from the dead just like he rose from the dead. Why am I? You said that as just one word. Why am I? That's, I'm trying to create a thing, okay? I'm trying to add to the mythos of Trinity Radio. All uh, right, we got it. Why am I? It's fun to say, though. Why am I? Why, why, am, I? why am I? Okay. Well... Anyway, today we're going to talk about Mormonism. You know, you give them books, you send them to school, and they eat the covers. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> these episodes have been going so long; it's time to just get into it. Get All it. Right, let's just it. get into
1: it. Then. Forty minutes, okay? <clears throat> forty minutes. Forty minutes. Now, that's forty minutes shorter than the last one. So. <laughs> it is.
0: It is. Okay. Today we are talking about Mormonism. Uh, we have a video that someone send uh, sented to us. Uh, okay, and they said we really want you to handle this one. And it was a video of a young guy talking about Mormonism. We'll link it in the show notes. And, but you know, well, like we did with the Hindu episode and maybe some of the others, we're an educational program. And we both teach at a Bible college and seminary. And so part of what we want to do is we want to make sure that um, you understand the worldview that we're talking about at least in a sort of general way. Yeah. And so uh, we're talking- And talk- he tries to be fair. Well, we're talking, I'm, t- well, okay. He
1: wasn't fair to the Wiccans at all, but.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I prepared the show this time, so I, right. you know, that's how it works. If you prepare the show, I kind of tend to be a little sassier. But if I prepare the show, uh, or you prepare but, the show, but oh, people, yeah. you're the same way. <laughs> <laughs> right, but people people actually thought it was a nice change. They liked that, Yeah. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Mormonism. Uh, Joseph Smith, 1805 to 1844, was the founder of the church of Jesus was now called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. He was an known treasure hunter and money digger was the term used at the time. We'll talk more about that later. There is clear documentation that he lied about this. Um, uh, if you like, to see Wait, that way document- to be fair. <laughs> well, if you'd like to see the, the documentation on this, check uh, the most recent edition of Kingdom of the Cults, the one edited yeah. by Robbie Zacharias, and look on page 185. <clears throat> is that fair? That that'll give you the yeah. I,
1: I'm sorry, your guy was <laughs> response. The, I mean, I'm just saying. No, I'm I'm actually fine with you saying that. I just preempting
0: okay. whiners or but, ch- or check but, out look, Mormon, this dude was a weirdo. Okay, there's no. I'm sorry. Or check out Mormon Apologetics dot Superfly or whatever it is. And yeah, but I'm I'm sorry. He yeah. Joseph Smith's a weirdo. Absolutely. And why? Because Smith claimed that in 1827 he received the golden plates on which the word that would become the Book of Mormon, uh, the words that would become the Book of Mormon were written. We'll talk more about that later. But yeah, you, know, you ever think about the the length of the Book of Mormon? It's, it's 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 a it's a thick book. Yes. Write that on golden plates. Try to carry that around.
1: Right, and it's, it's what what's the precedent? <laughs> uh, I mean, tablets of stone was God's.
0: All right, we got to one up that. Right. <clears throat> but. Seriously though, think about it. golden plates, even very thin golden plates, containing the entirety of the Book of Mormon, in another language. Still, uh, if it's reasonably the same length, that's enough to carry hang around. Hang on, hang on. I maybe this is one of the criticisms.
1: May, why no? I'm saying maybe if they had a little symbol for every time and it came to pass appears in the Book of Mormon, you could probably <laughs> fit it <laughs> yes. because if you can remember the phrase yeah. and it came to pass, you've memorized two thirds of the Book of Mormon.
0: Yeah, so uh, let me make sure my audio is still running. Okay, it is. Joseph Smith has not killed my audio. Um, <laughs> he made many questionable prophecies and ultimately produced the Book of Mormon, Pearls of Great Price, and Doctrines and Covenants. Now, some of the, like go look at these prophecies. I don't. We don't have time because we do want to stay like somewhere around 40, 45 minutes. But if you go look at the prophecies that he's supposed to have made that came true, I mean, some of them di- didn't come true, and some of them were came true in a way that like. Um, was obvious, like I'm going to eat dinner tonight, and yeah, bam, yeah. I ate dinner. Whoa! Well, like, I that. think a war is yeah. about to happen. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. So anyway, uh, there's Joseph Smith. Uh, the key texts for Mormons: uh, the Bible, both Old and New Testament, insofar as they tr- are translated correctly. That's exactly right? yeah. how they say it right. too. Um, the Book of Mormon because itself, because textual criticism was never a thing for them. right? Look, I'm looking at a comp. I'm looking at all their sacred texts all together here in one book. Right. And I'm not sure that would be pleasant to carry around, much less on golden plates. The Book of Mormon. Okay. Uh, they also have two other. A lot of people don't know this. They have four texts here. They've got the Bible, the whole thing. The Book of Mormon, the whole thing. Then they've got the Doctrine and And Covenants, Covenants, which contains revelations mostly from Joseph Smith. And then they have the Pearls of Great Price, more writings from Smith, including the Book of Abraham, which we'll talk about later. Okay. Um, Beliefs, uh, we won't spend too much time here, but um, you can find, here's an interesting thing to know. Almost every single theological term that we have uh, in Christianity, Mormons have that same the, those same terms mm-hmm. but they mean, but not but I I'd wager not one of them means exactly the same thing as it does on Christianity like yeah, <clears throat> well father son yeah uh you know whatever you want to pick heaven you know the, the, everything has its own term uh right you know, these things all mean something else okay uh, they they affirm open revelation obviously because they have the book of Mormon the revelation hadn't ended yet yeah and it, it evolves
1: and yeah. their beliefs have evolved. I've heard somebody say, "Well, at some point, they're they're bound to abandon everything that they've ever believed and eventually get around to being orthodox." But
0: well, you know, here's here's what I actually have heard some of them say, and like in a funny way, but they'll say, "You got the old and new testament, but nobody likes two parts to a trilogy. You got to have the third one, right?" And that's I, that they actually, you know, there was an episode of the popular cartoon show South Park. Yes, that they they explained the story of Joseph Smith. Uh, I'm not encouraging you to watch a show like that, but but they did this, and in response, uh, some Mormons made a South Park-y kind of response, and that was one of their key things. Like, well, of course there's a third one because you have to have a trilogy. You can't just have two. So uh, I guess some of them actually think that's uh, evidential. They have the President and Quorum of Twelve who are prophets and inspired by the Holy Ghost. There are three degrees of glory. Now this is kind of interesting. Um, this is kind of interesting. They have the celestial, the terrestrial, and the telestial kingdom. Because in First Corinthians 15, it, it talks about the cerest, the, the, cerest, the celestial and the terrestrial, but it also talks about the glory of the sun, moon, and stars, three. Mm-hmm. So Joseph Smith's like, we well, got sun, moon, and stars, but it only mentions terrestrial and terrestrial. We need a third one. So he just made one up and combined the words celestial with terrestrial and came up with telestial celestial. And then you have outer darkness. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's a whole thing that's interesting to talk about. The Father Elohim has a physical body. Uh, big problems. If you're the creator of the cosmos, uh, you can't be part of the cosmos. Right. And if the cosmos is time, space, and matter, physical matter, uh, then you have you, you can't have a father who's physical matter because he ends up creating himself. Which that's a whole interesting discussion about fathers that we'll have that relates to that. Yeah. Uh, momentarily. Yeah,
1: and it's interesting because
0: about this time,
1: you know, once again, it, it's an idea that never goes away, uh, a past infinite cosmos. <clears throat> oh, you want to do it now? No, I'm just saying, it,
0: you know... I'm fine to do it now. Let's okay. knock it out. Okay, yeah. You want to do it or you, mean you want me to do it?
1: Well, no, I'm just, I just want to say that it seems like it mirrored cosmology of the time. Oh, yeah.
0: And so... Because there's a steady state theory that the universe has just always existed.
1: Yeah, and 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 so you've got all these cosmological theories at the
0: time and theories of matter. Um, not necessarily. We're not saying necessarily when Joseph Smith was around. It, one of these prophets. Right. Yeah. So, or
1: no. Even then. I mean, okay. it's just you just. It's an idea that's never gone away since. You know. Forever with the Greeks, right. you know. Right. There's just always been matter and matter cannot be created or destroyed. What that means is within a closed system, mm-hmm. right? But you have to have the system and bring the right. system into existence. But there's just all these things that just seem to make sense
0: within that Okay. that you're, they're trying to it's it's almost apologetic. You're saying good things, yeah. but you're 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 talking as though there's a prerequisite knowledge about this. So let's explain okay. Okay. what okay. we're what we're doing here. So obviously when we respond to atheists uh, about the we try to give a theistic argument like the Kalam Cosmological Argument for the existence of God, sometimes they'll say um, uh, the premise two of the Kalam Cosmological Argument, that the universe began to exist, is not true because the universe has just always existed infinitely, which doesn't mean a whole bunch of years. It means literally there is no number infinitely into the past. And uh, the problem with that is if there's no beginning, you can't ever get to today because you can't cross an infinite. And because there's no beginning point to begin from. And like right. I said in one episode, and you kind of liked it, but I think I got it from J.P. Moreland, try jumping out of a hole that there's no bottom to. Well, you can't because right. you have to have something to jump from. Right. If there's no beginning, you don't get to today. This is why, while the scientists have, have thought maybe the universe just always existed, philosophers have been saying, uh, no, that's not right. possible. And you know? certain models of Big Bang cosmology also say, no, it's a, there is an absolute singularity. Right. Fortunately, beginning. we live at a time yeah. now where a lot of scientists do grant.
1: Um, but for, for Mormons, their idea of God the Father is not the first God. Right. You have an infinite regress of gods to coincide with
0: an infinite regress of matter. Yes, this is not exactly a, a, a direct quote. I have it somewhere here. But uh, one, of their, one of their spokespersons, one of their like uh, prophets or whatever, said that uh, there was a father before this one and a father before this one, and there were fathers all the way back, And to speak of a first father is nonsense. There's just always more fathers, which is similar to saying there's a sequence of time that goes infinitely into the past. This, in each case, makes no sense, logically. There has to be uh, an initial something. There has to be an initial father for this to work, which means two things. Number one, it means that that framework isn't possible. And number two, it means that and I'm not the first to say it. Mormonism is the most polytheistic religion that has ever yes been on the You have the face an of infinite amount Earth. of gods, right? And they're all and they're all well. I guess we could say it this way to be to cover all the bases. You have an infinite chain of supreme beings. All mm-hmm. right, so that, there you go. So uh, Jesus or Jehovah atoned for the sins of the world. Uh, the Holy Ghost has a spirit body. Now this is a belief that. There the, to, to say a spirit body, you're not exactly saying spirit like we mean spirit. But it's, it's got a substance to it. Right. It's just a very faint, ghostly kind of thing. Yeah. Which there were some Greek guys that thought that too. Uh, the Holy Ghost has a spirit body. There is also a physical heavenly mother. The earth was created so that man could have free will to accept or reject the sacrifice of Jesus. Uh, Mormons hoping to reach exaltation the highest state must be joined to an opposite-sex partner and keep the ordinances of Mormonism one can be sealed in celestial marriage or baptized by proxy after death people are getting baptized um, in fact some of these uh, ancestry type websites guess who owns them the
1: The Mormons Mormons own
0: them because they're trying to figure out who everybody's ancestors are so that you can be baptized in a Mormon temple not necessarily a Mormon ward like a local uh, what we call local church uh, you got to go to the temple and be baptized there, and, um, uh, and 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 they even have like computer screens where you can look at the computer screen and right next to the baptistry and make sure. And you could get baptized multiple times in one sitting um, for a- different ancestors, which actually means that if Mormonism is true, which it's not, but if Mormonism is true, and I die, I still at least have the hope that one of my uh, an- descendants might become a Mormon. And get baptized on my behalf, and I'm still in. Hmm. Right, it's <laughs> interesting. Um, okay, so so I don't want to be a Mormon, but leave it to my great grandkids. Yeah. If I
1: will, hey, by the way, before you go, since I'm gone, you need to do. <laughs> but this. it's not that big of a deal because yeah.
0: because you still like we're still going to at least get to the celestial kingdom, which mm. Joseph Smith said if you could see the glory of the celestial kingdom, nothing would prevent you from wanting to die right now and go there immediately. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's
1: universalism uh,
0: well no because there is an outer darkness but you know again this would take us down a rat hole and we're not going to get around to the time in the time frame we want to get to Okay, once going through the endowment ceremony they must wear the sacred garment or as some people call it the magic underwear pejoratively don't call it the magic underwear you're not going to win over any Mormons calling it the magic underwear or being snarky like we've been so far have I been snarky? both of us a little bit I apologize I don't. to our Mormon audience. I want to I don't, be I love our loving Mormon, to I, outsiders. I love, I love
1: our Mormon audience. Uh, it's time to become Orthodox. I'm not sure guess. we have a Mormon audience,
0: but we will. Maybe I've got Mormon this friends,
1: and, and and I've told them before, look, you,
0: this stuff is, no, you, it's time to come home to Orthodoxy and abandon this stuff. At, ex, at Okay. Um, at Exaltation, a Righteous Mormon. I'm reading from my own PowerPoint, you guys. Okay. Yeah. So you're wondering why I don't give you citations. I'm reading from my own PowerPoint. Um, at exaltation, a righteous woman may I become think. a god or goddess and rule over the, their own planet with its own people. Now, remember mm. what we're saying now, because this is going to be important in a little while when the person in the video wants to make fun of another religion that's weird, that, that the other religion make making fun of is weird, because it involves sci-fi type stuff, I would imagine. Mm. That's why he thinks it's weird. And, and I want you to notice. I want you to notice here what we're saying. Okay, um, you can become your own god or goddess and rule over the own planet with its own people. Prior to physical birth, we humans were all spirit children whose memories were then wiped out so that they would have no memory of their prior existence and could make a genuine free choice. Because uh, you would, there would be no divine hiddenness if you could remember from being a spirit child. Mm. Four fundamentals of the gospel are necessary to enter the celestial kingdom. Now remember, we got the celestial, terrestrial, and celestial. One, faith, two, repentance, three, baptism by someone in the Aaronic priesthood, and four, the laying on of hands by someone in the Melchizedek priesthood. These priesthoods are important, and they're going to become one of his reasons for being a Mormon as we go through those in a little bit. Uh, God's nature, we've already talked about the Father has a physical body. Doctrines and Covenants 130, 22 says, the Father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. Uh, the infinite regression of fathers, oh, guess what? I do have it here. Here's the quote from Heber C. Kimball from the Journal of Discourses 519. We shall go back to our Father and God who is connected to with one who is still further back and this Father is connected with one still further back and so on. So there you go. It's turtles all the way down. Or what is it? Yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Turtles all the way down. Okay. Um, All right. Mormon defenses. Well, let's leave that for now. And let's get to the wild. Okay. Okay. Uh, the why? Now, does I carry this guy's water? Yeah. Let's. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I'm going to respond to. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't bring some of the more troubling things up in the video. Uh, they never either do because
1: he doesn't know about it or because it's trouble. No, he knows because he's a missionary. I've, I've actually spoken with Mormon missionaries and they avoid my house like the plague afterwards, because
0: they're actually. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. There are no offense to evangelicals, but they know their theology better than most evangelicals know theirs. And that's a popular our house because um, we don't train our at least we don't train our young people the way that they train their young people for missionary service. Um, and hey, at least they're sending people out there, so I will give them props for that. Uh, and I, I, I know that I have some atheist and agnostic friends saying, "Yeah, Mormonism's weird, but you, you believe that a guy rose from the dead, and you believe, you know." And we're ready, and, ready to uh, talk about right. Except, but here's the thing. Except ours is rooted in history. Right. This is rooted in demonstrably false history. There's no, there's no comparative case to the resurrection of Jesus Christ for the validity of Joseph Smith's claims. That's there's no comparison to the veracity of the
0: evidence of the resurrection compared to this stuff. I agree completely. Um, one thing that we should say is that a lot of a lot of apologists notice and point this out. And so I'm going to point it out to you, is that with Mormons, it's interesting you say they wouldn't come back to your house because a lot of times what Mormons will do is they will try to figure out who might be a pastor. Maybe it's because you are not a pastor. They'll try to figure out who might represent a chunk of people. And then, okay, he maybe knows his stuff, but he's a, he's a gatekeeper for a number of people that, that, that could come to the Mormons. Right. So we're going to target him, whereas Jehovah's Witnesses will nix you off the map and not come back. Also, uh, Mormons— no, but but— I'm not nice to them. Oh okay. And Your my
1: pri- prime comes out, right? Yeah, because I mean, I'm like as soon as you
0: make these claims I'm like seriously, man. Let's Yeah. Also, another thing to mention is that like you said is true. Mormons there is a lot of doctrine that they've got to know. Yeah. So, to know that lot of doctrine, they they know it all, but not necessarily to a great depth. Whereas the Jehovah's Witnesses there's limited doctrine that they do know to a great depth, yeah. Uh, just you know, and it's you know. I, uh, now,
1: to be fair, the Mormon missionaries do love Misty, my wife, because she gives them stuff because uh-huh. they can't have a lot of stuff. But if you give
0: them stuff, they can have it. So that's an interesting thing. So Second John, where it's talking about don't invite them into your house. Well, yeah, but I mean, give them goodbye or whatever. Do you think that's what that means? I don't know. It's 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 <laughs>
1: what it is is consolation prize trying to put up with her husband. Yeah, you know. Yeah, she's like so I'm do sorry. good to everyone, including those in the household. <laughs> yeah. So you know. Um, right. So we we have that dynamic. But yeah, I will give them this. They know a lot of stuff and they know more about their doctrine than the typical evangelical, whether they're in youth or an adult, knows
0: about a Christian theology. So, well, and they know stuff that we haven't heard as much about. Yeah. You know, that's part of it. Whether they know something to a depth or not, they know some stuff that they can talk about that we're not, like right. the average evangelical is not yeah. prepared to respond at all to. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, uh, let's get into some of what he says here. So this nice guy, really nice guy. I liked him. Did you like him? Yeah, he's nice. I thought he was a super nice guy. That's part of what they're known for. Um, but he looks like maybe he's in the military or something. I don't know. But he, he's, he's he's excited about his Mormonism. And it looks like he's got a lot of followers, a lot of YouTube, big crowd all there. Yeah. Um, this is how he kind of gets started. He, he says, religion gets a bad rep these days because it's weird. Okay, now what I wanted to say about this is that's true. But to, to kind of front before your discuss, discussion of Mormonism, religion is weird, kind of puts religions all in the same category as you're going to talk about right. Mormonism. Eh. No,
1: Christianity is less weird than Scientology. There's just, I mean I'm sorry, it's just less I and mean, not because it's
0: more familiar. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've always said I want to it's write a Christianity weird. is not weird because I think a lot of things that seem weird, like sacrificial system, I don't think it's weird once you kind of understand. What's yeah, going but on. it's still a little weird. But sure, it's weird. The Bible, is weird. It's weird, I, the Bible not is weird. Weird. The Bible is weird. Once you once yeah. you step into that worldview and say, "Does this work?" Oh, it totally works. And then it's not weird anymore. Yeah, it's not yeah. weird. <laughs> okay, um, I like it a little weird though. It's okay, starting. so uh, let's see. What did I say? So anyway, okay. Next thing, he 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 like poses the question to himself. Isn't Mormonism that Joseph Smith cult? And then he says, no, it's not. It's not. Well, but actually, yeah, it is. I mean, in what sense can you honestly say that it's not? I'm sorry, I, I want to be nice to this guy. In what sense can you honestly say it's not that Joseph Smith cult? Joseph Smith is the founder, mm-hmm. right? And um, it is a
1: deviation of traditional orthodoxy. And we
0: were talking about the Christian science movement. Yeah. Mary Baker Eddy is the discoverer and founder of Christian science. Well, Joseph Smith is the discoverer and founder of uh, of Mormonism. And it is a cult, however you want to define cult. Mm-hmm. Now, it is interesting. I, I, should, I could go off on this. I could go off. I'll, I'll just say this much. In our cults class that I teach at Trinity, we we talk about the difference between a sociological cult and a uh, uh, a sociological and a theological cult. Uh, a sociological cult is a group that seems cult-like. They have a lot of the facets of being a cult, but theologically, they're not. They're not doing anything weird. Like back in know? the day, Mark Driscoll's church.
1: Or yeah, I like people, to use. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's a church in Nashville that I'm familiar with. It's that's, that's multi-site and everything. They got this little book that everybody has to have, and you got to have a disciple, and all these things that are kind of cultic. But the thing about it is, theologically, they're not, I mean, they're, chari- they're, they're a little bit charismatic. They're not, they're not, they're, they're fine. Mm-hmm. But it's a sociological cult. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a theological cult. Sociological cults can become theological cults really, really easily and quickly, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, so that's an interesting thing. Uh, but then there are theological cults that don't seem sociologically very cult-like. And there are a lot of Mormon churches that are theological cults, because Mormonism is a theological cult, but are not sociological. They don't feel like a cult, right? It They're feels like you're going to church, like a Baptist church, yeah, or whatever. yeah. Um, so that's an important thing to. to point
1: and they'll out. they'll typically read from the King James Bibles, and they,
0: they don't even break out the Book of Mormon that right. often. From people I know who've been Joseph them. Smith was working on his own translation, but they But the thing about it is, they for him to say that it's not that Joseph Smith cult. It's totally that Joseph Smith cult. Any way you want to define cult, it's that Joseph Smith cult. Right. right okay. And I would argue that it was sociological
1: cult back when he was Oh a... totally. Yeah. Totally. Creepy. Well, well, I'm not gonna
0: call it creepy. I'll let yeah, you know. Yeah, Joseph call Smith creepy. was creepy. But how old were the stuff girls they he were was doing, was doing was definitely yeah. what we can at very least call cult life. How old were the girls he was marrying? <sighs> I don't have it in front of me. Young. <laughs> All right. Eleven. Okay, uh, so let's. uh, Okay, now the next thing he says is my daughter's age. This Book of Mormon, the Book of Mormon, and the Bible are comparable to each other, and his reasoning for saying that they're comparable to each other is because just as the Bible is a collection of writings by prophets, the Book of Mormon is testimony from prophets just in a different part of the world. Hmm. So we kind of have some access to what some of your guys have said, like in the twentieth century, and what we get is. Difficult things like that God, there's an infinite regression of fathers. God has Mm -hmm. a physical body. You get stuff that's contradictory with one another. Mm -hmm. Uh, We could spend a whole episode talking about the weird prophecy, uh, weird statements that have been made by uh, the leaders of Mormonism. But here's another reason why he thinks this is important. Now, Now, get this. This proves that Jesus cares about all people and not just those in a specific country. So what this guy is saying is that the fact that Jesus came to the Americas proves that God loves everybody all over the world and not just people in one location. Well, okay, if that were true, maybe it would prove that. You know what else proves that? The spreading of the church from Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the world proves that. And Mm -hmm. that can be actually demonstrated to have happened. Nobody in the world doubts that the reason there are Christians in North America today is because there is a chain of Christianity that goes back to the first century. People told people who told other people who told other people in other countries, and it became a global thing, and we're still telling people about it. That way of showing that God loves people all over the world is historically demonstrable and nobody doubts that Christianity spread to the whole world. And the Bible claimed that it would before it did. Yeah. But to say Jesus came over here, and by the way, he only stayed for a couple of days according to this fellow. So um, is, he came over here, that proves he loves the whole world. But he only loved him enough to stay for two days, you know, where he stayed 33 years. I mean, you know, so yes, yeah, I don't it's not know. not an argument, guy. right? Like, yeah, I don't know what the, the thing is there. Yeah, uh, but interesting. And right. why America? Well, I think they would just say because that's what he did. Oh no, there's a reason why he did. Because you know, Jesus says there, I have sheep that you know not of. I have sheep right. I he's talking about, according to Mormonism, he's talking about the sheep, the Israelites who came over here. In a stone boat came over here to, mm. to landed in, I think, Central America. You get the Lamanites, the Nephites, some of these groups yeah. and, um, and all that sort of thing. And that's what we're coming to next. He says, if you look at Native American cultures, you find that they all had a similar story of a godlike figure descending from the clouds. Um, there are, I mean, that is ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, he needs to demonstrate this with references. Second, none none less than the Smithsonian Institute says this quote: "There is no evidence, whatever, of any migration from Israel to America, and likewise no evidence that pre-Columbian Indians had any knowledge of Christianity or the Bible." None. All right. No evidence of that. But it oh, gets I worse. Oh, I do want to cru-
1: I, I want to correct myself. I made a mistake earlier. I think the the youngest what? girl was what? Yeah, what? It was she. I said you she, made a mistake. I said twelve. It was fourteen. <laughs> I had to factor. myself. Um, yeah. Um which, you know, in certain cultures I guess that would be in ancient cultures where lifespans were shorter, that might be acceptable, but that I don't think that was acceptable it's, either.
0: It's 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 unacceptable enough that you find it creepy still.
1: hmm Okay.
0: Um I agree. Just in case anyone wants to know, right? You're not By the way I, I my, said that. When my, yeah. my
1: daughter Sarah turns 14, she's not given getting to marry anybody.
0: Okay, um,
1: third, certainly not a man okay. that's
0: older. So significantly. Number one, this guy gives no evidence to believe
1: that all this stuff in the Americas. Well, I mean, it. that's he doesn't have to give. Sight. It's okay. not a research paper. Oh, he says this is why he believes it. Yeah, no, but it, it, but. I mean, I'm sure that he's
0: read sources. That, okay, well, okay. I mean, I'm just saying he doesn't provide me any. And unless you want to right. show me where he did provide me some, he didn't provide me any sources. Fine, but he didn't have to in that <laughs> well, video. That's The Hindu kids have to. didn't.
1: But, they're not giving a research paper. Okay, this but, is why I'm a Mormon. here's here's my research paper. Well, on, but
0: we want to drive home a point that we think it's good to have good reasons to believe things. Like yeah, but Christians who don't study this stuff and they make a why I'm a Christian. Are we gonna? Terror, I want to. Yeah, I think they should learn so to we should, demonstrate yeah. what and why they believe. Right, because be ready and willing always to give an answer to anyone asked you. Fair all enough. Right? that's okay. why you need to come to Trinity. But I, I, I see your point. Chill out with this guy, right? Because yeah. he's just
1: talking. I have plenty of criticism for him. I'm just trying to be. Give me my okay. chance to be nice. Okay, this.
0: Okay. Good, all right, you calmed me down. Okay. You calmed me down. Now I repent and I ask your forgiveness. Now. Well, I wasn't saying you needed for, that. First, <laughs> he didn't demonstrate this with references. Maybe he shouldn't have had to for us, but he didn't. Number two, second, as I said, the Smithsonian Institute says there's no evidence of this, right? Right. So now I'm providing negative evidence here. Yeah. The Smithsonian Institute says there's no evidence of this.
1: Okay, and so... No, wait, my- I was going to say, and this is why you're right, that people should have references, whether they're our side or their side or whatever side, is because you have references. There's always going to be people like us who are Or you, who does prep. <laughs> <laughs> people who have counter evidence to, okay, you say this, but, well, here's a a neutral source. There's not not an evangelical, Smithsonian doesn't care about us. You know, there's not a Christian, it's not whatever. This is just the
0: Smithsonian saying, yeah, this is a bunch of hooey. My my third piece of evidence that I wanted to mention was, see, what they couldn't have foreseen at the time was that we would have DNA. We'd have the ability to look inside of people's DNA Mm -hmm. and check to see what their heritage is, uh, their genetic heritage. And so as for the DNA evidence of any group of Israelites having come to the Americas, Mormon researchers such as anthropologist Thomas W. Murphy and ex-Mormon plant geneticist Simon Southerton state that the substantial collection of Native American genetic markers now available are not consistent with any detectable presence of ancestors from the ancient Middle East. They have argued that this poses substantial evidence to contradict the account in the Book of Mormon. And you can get that in uh, Simon G. Southerton's Losing a Lost Tribe Native American's DNA in the Mormon Church from Signature Books. Well, there you go. So we've got DNA. uh, We've got a line of DNA evidence. Uh, Smithsonian uh, says there's no evidence of this. So, uh, I mean, you believe it, but uh, it seems demonstrably false.
1: Yeah. This is the problem. likely to be
0: false. This is the problem with
1: people getting an idea and deciding that they want to start a religion around it and poo-poo the tradition, you know, well, Protestants are wrong, Catholics are wrong, it's been wrong, it's been broken for centuries now, and I'm here to fix it for you. Right. You know, the problem with that, same thing with Muhammad, (coughs) who who wants to piggyback off of Abrahamic traditions, right? The problem is, if you look at the collection of texts in the Old Testament, does it have a single human author? No. No. Does the New Testament have... Multiple authors. Yes, multiple human authors. Does the New Testament have a single human author? No. No, but long comes Muhammad or Joseph Smith, and what they do is they have a book that's comparably the same length. You know, it's big, yeah. and it's one human author. And they contradict themselves.
0: Right. But and they contradict all these themselves. other authors who aren't even conspiring right? do not contradict each other.
1: Yeah, and and, and you say this... This book these these previous testaments are wrong and here you go here's version 3.0 and it's right. It's this is Muslims and 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 Mormons have this in common. And why the break in in God's methodology? They've never I've never had that answered. God seemed pleased to inspire multiple authors to to handle his business. And you know, Genesis is long. Yeah, there are some, you know, Moses laying the whole foundation at the beginning. Well, Fine. Torah yeah, is Torah's long. Right, yeah. but that's about it. Why all of these last and final, why would they not be coupled? You know? That's a good point. Why, why would they not be coupled? I mean, coupled it's not like all a all slam
0: dunk, dunk against them, but it is a no, I'm saying it's fair why about this? the way God seems
1: to do yeah, this. Yeah, why is centuries later, one guy gets all this revelation that contradicts the previous revelation... And then they have to say a bunch of they have to throw that revelation under the bus whenever it suits their fancy, which is a methodological problem. Mm -hmm. And you know it's centuries later, and it has to reshape the entire thing. It's all but wrong all this time. Yeah. But worse is not just that, but that there are people dumb enough to believe this stuff. Hey, easy now. No, I'm
0: serious. You've got to be dumb. You got on to me for saying that this guy should should provide me some evidence for his claims. And now you're just flat calling them dumb. Well, okay, I give the I give the Muslim and the Mormon now
1: a, pa- a better pass than the people who originally followed. Okay, all right you see I what I'm you. saying?
0: Yeah. Joseph Smith comes out of the woods and he's like, listen to what happened to me. And some people are like, totally believe. Because that. I could <laughs> do the same thing right now. Please don't. And if the church of prime.
1: Right. And if twenty people started following me because I come to say that God spoke to me and gave me this new revelation. I would
0: rebuke you.
1: Well, I'd hope so. I rebuke you. But you would think, just like a Mormon would think, just just, like a Muslim would think, that not only am I full of it, but everyone who followed me is dumb for following some guy who used to work at a seminary who's now proclaiming himself the prophet of God. Everyone would think that I'm dumb and people who agreed with me is dumb. Why don't they apply that same standard to Muhammad, that same standard to Joseph Smith, that they would apply to me right now if I did the same thing. You know why they
0: didn't apply it to Jesus? Because he was born of a virgin and healing people and walking on water and rising from the dead. (laughs) Right. But the only reason I said I rebuke you like that is because I'm going to use that later for something and edit it out of the video. Okay. You got to think that way, man. You got to think. Okay. Um, He, uh, once the priesthood, this is one of his reasons, once the priesthood was gone and the apostles were gone, wickedness, uh, wickedness kind of corrupted Christianity, he says. So the priesthood was what was keeping humanity from being corrupt. And it led to things like, he says, the Spanish Inquisition and the Crusades. Mm. Now, what are your first reactions to this? Like, the point was never to remove the, I mean, what has to be implicit in this was the point was never to not have a priesthood. And when you don't have a priesthood, bad stuff happens.
1: Go. Well, yeah, bad stuff happens in a lot of religions. I, as a Christian, I own our dirty laundry. Sure. So what? It doesn't mean that everything in the Bible is false. It doesn't mean that. Um, and another thing, I actually think that the first couple crusade, first two or three crusades, are justifiable. Um, maybe not the rest, but yeah. Uh, so what? What does that have to do with whether or not Christianity is true and whether or not the what, Bible wait, became wait, wait, corrupted wait a and whether
0: or not? First of all, you're assuming that there's yeah. not a priesthood. <laughs> when the book of Hebrews thinks there's a book of uh, <laughs> the book of Hebrews thinks that there's a priest. Yeah, but that's everybody he says corrupt though. I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm saying we think there is a priesthood, but yeah. when you have a human priesthood. Right. Actually, things do tend to get corrupted pretty easily. Right, because right? because the priesthood because Was includes, there a priesthood when some of these atrocities described happened? Yes,
1: everyone who's a believer, according to Peter, <laughs> right? right? If you're right. a Christian, you're a part of that priesthood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's, there's... And they were
0: believing... Just, but we also had a Catholic priesthood. So what? Well, I'm just saying, I thought priesthoods were going to deliver us from these things, and there have been priesthoods. Now, maybe that's not... A priesthood
1: so what you're saying legitimate. is why is this priesthood going to be the proper one to deliver us out of this?
0: Yeah. Why plus, not any previous priesthood? Plus, I need you to tell me, and I know you think I shouldn't be asking him uh, that he's fine to believe this without having any evidence. But the, but what I'm trying to say it's is... It's Mormonism. They don't have any evidence. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is you're wanting me to believe that a book that was written 1,900 years prior uh, that says that the the Melchizedek priesthood still exists and we're in it and we've got the priesthood of believers was tampered with and false. And I should believe in your Melchizedek and Aaronic priesthood in the Mormon church because somebody tampered with this or something. Show me the evidence that this has been tampered with. Right. Textual criticism knocks this. This is one of the reasons I got a problem with with, uh, Islam is you're asking me to believe the 600 years newer uh, Mm -hmm. book instead of the older one that was more well attested to. Right. You know,
1: overwhelmingly there's no comparison to any document in antiquity that is as well attested as scripture. Right. Uh, textual criticism renders Muslim cl- uh, and and Mormon claims about uh scripture being tampered with
0: ridiculous, not wrong, ridiculously wrong. Plus, here's the thing, human priesthoods, right. even if it's God's priesthood, bad stuff still happens. It doesn't protect us from all wickedness. For example, the first day of temple worship in the Old Testament, when God was all about this, Nadab and Abihu are roasted for doing it wrong. Okay, so right. priest, so being in a pre, having a priesthood does not does not cure humanity of wickedness. No, in and of itself. Okay? No, only Christ can do that. Right, right. right. Um, okay, so uh, what else? Is it? He takes a di- here's where he takes a dig at Scientologists and looks at the camera as though Scientology is so weird, kind of like I'm looking right now, back at the camera. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> now, wait a uh, minute. remember, go ahead with your Battlestar Galactica. Right. I mean, Glenn Larson
1: <laughs> conceived the original Battlestar Galactica to explain, and using the Pantheon of the Colonials to explain Mormonism to popular audiences, okay? N- because the, the father is from a planet called Kolob, which they called um, Cabal in Battlestar Galactica. Um, but Kolob is the planet from where. Jehovah's is this from. the old original one? Yes, yeah, the old original. Which one,
0: one more is trying to be Mormon? The first one. Okay, because I only saw the second.
1: Well, the second one's trying to be Mormon, okay, it's except fantastic. yes, and and what's ironically funny about that is the monotheistic God of the Cylons turned out to be the the true God that existed and carried out the plan, and and the 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 pantheon of the Colonials was not real, which was the new Battlestar Galactica dumping on Glenn Larson's. Hey, did you original think that was vision,
0: intentional? Um, or did it just feel intentional to you? Was there a burning in you're your res- bosom?
1: I'm, I'm, yeah, because I'm thinking if you wanted to be respectful and you're going to have some sort of theism, which disappointed a lot of people. They're like, "Wait a minute, why didn't you have a scientific explanation? Why, why did you give a religious ending? If you cared about the original intent about Battlestar Galactica, it was to teach polytheism." That okay. that that was the true religion, but no, the monotheism of, of the Cylons, in the reboot was. But I mean, you have a you have an infinite regress of gods. You have a god who's from another planet, serving his planet, comes, creates us, creates all the spirit children, whatever, and you're taking shots at Scientology. I don't think so. Right. You know. Right. First Battlestar Galactica is allegory for Mormonism. But the reason why it takes place in space and all that is because they do have science fiction elements in
0: Mormonism. Well, right. This is what I was going to say a while ago. It's yeah. not like the Chronicles of Narnia with the animals and a talking lion and then us saying, and that's basically what it really is. No, that's, that's, that's an allegorical picture of Christianity, but we're not actually saying there's a bunch of talking and animals and, and right. stuff like that. Right, and so the... the, the and, and Jesus is actually a physical lion. Yeah, and We're science, not saying that. And the sci-
1: sci- sci-fi
0: channels... I mean, back, we do have a talking yeah. donkey in the Bible, but that's not the point.
1: Right, and the, sci- <laughs> the sci-fi channels reboot of, uh, right. of that is more of an allegory, uh, probably for deism than yeah. anything else. Okay, yeah, all right. But I don't think it's less weird to have a no, god from Planet and Kolob I don't think, I think
0: there's a lot of people sitting in, yeah. in Mormon wards on a weekly basis that either don't know this... Or they've kind of, there's some cognitive dissonance about it, but it's that weird. Yeah. Where is it's, the planet Kolob again? I yeah. don't even know. So Do um, we have that charted? I don't know. I doubt it. I, are, is that a rhetorical question and the answer is no? I have no idea I mean, because I, mean, I don't care to look into where planet Kolob is. I was just asking, do they know where it is? I don't know where they say it is. Space, I would say. Well... He lists off various translations of the Bible in an attempt to show how we can't trust that we have the true message and throws in the NWT, by the way, I noticed. The New World Translation, that's the Jehovah's Witnesses Translation? Yeah. Okay, if you're throwing in the New World Translation, <laughs> yeah, we don't have agreement. But if you take out cult translations of the Bible, mm-hmm. and, and, and let's just be fair, take out paraphrases. Right and and leave translations that are somewhere between formal equivalence and dynamic equivalence right yeah. right the, yeah. this is and that's not me making a bunch of caveats to get around it no that's saying what evangelical Christians already know shouldn't be included in this in this little test right take those out and what do you have right you have agreement yes I mean not the KJV people only people don't necessarily think so but you have more or less agreement right okay um uh, what was I going to say about this? Uh, he says that people just kind of decide these these translations were accurate, but no one really knew. Wrong. That is absolutely demonstrably false. Right. That's a textual. And textual it gets history. more. We get more sure every time we dig up a new manuscript. Right. You know. So that's completely false. You know who doesn't know for sure that their thing is true? Or, Mormons. Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> you have no evidence. You have no All golden right. plates. He explained, and 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 here's the thing. Well, we'll get to the golden plates. He explains how this cute little farm boy named Joseph Smith was visited by Jesus and God and told that the church was being restored and that he was to be its prophet. Now, let me get back to the second thing we talked about here. Isn't Mormonism that Joseph Smith cult? No, it's not. (laughs) Yes, it is. A cute little farm boy named what? Joseph Smith. Named what? Joseph Smith. And where is the evidence that
1: these beliefs in antiquity, uh, they would have to be there if this is a restoration of prior beliefs. Hold on a second.
0: I need to listen. Listen to me, Internet. I've been experiencing some problems with my temperament lately as it relates to doing my apologetic work. I have, do I not have a reputation historically of being extremely friendly with people who disagree with me? Yes. And yet lately... I don't, but he does. It, it could be because of the proximity. I don't know. I've been getting snarkier and I'm sorry. Listen, I don't know the name of this guy who made this video, but I love you and God loves you. And I'm sure you're a very smart person. Uh, we think that you're wrong about this, but I'm sure that otherwise you're a really smart person. And uh, is that good enough? Does that work? I didn't think it was necessary at all. It's fine. You don't know how to judge this, this kind of
1: thing. <laughs> no. But it, no, it's these claims because I mean, even Bart Ehrman could sit here and and make the same kind of statements we are about the uh, who who thinks that you know Jesus interrupted and all that would still say comparatively to um, Mormons data on their the veracity of the Book of Mormon <clears throat> and the evidence for it. Bart Ehrman could could at could could demolish this case too. Right. So we're not actually
0: just. Being too overtly, we're saying what everybody says. Yeah, we're saying what any okay. scholar can say. And now, you. was he a was he a person of good moral character, Joseph Smith? Demonstrably, no. We can say the same for Muhammad, but we can say it for Joseph Smith. He demonstrably was not a man of moral character. Yeah, you me. can say that a lot. A lot of people in the Bible too. Though. Well, okay, fine. But we're talking about with respect to this issue of transmitting revelation to us okay right um uh so here's this is from the book um kingdom of the cults mm-hmm. you can get this information there with all its citations but um substantiating joseph smith's father's account or the uh, rather odd activities is the testimony of reverend dr john a clark after exhaustive research in the smith family's own neighborhood this is what he determined after investigating their own neighborhood Long before the idea of a golden Bible entered their minds, in their excursion for money digging, Joe used to be usually uh, used to be usually their guide, putting into a hat a particular stone he had, through which he could look to decide where they would be should begin to dig. The proceedings of a court hearing dated March twentieth. 1826, New York versus Joseph Smith, revealed that Joseph Smith, quote, had a certain stone which he had occasionally looked at to determine where hidden treasures in the bowels of the earth were and had looked for Mr. Stoll several times. The hearing ruled the defendant guilty of money digging. By the way, that was illegal at the time, using seer stones and stuff like that to try and find buried mm. treasure. Joseph Smith and his dad were treasure hunters. And they, according to the people who lived in their community, they dug up their entire property. Mm-hmm. Looking for treasure, always trying to use these seer stones and things like that to try and find buried treasure. And um, so it, you're starting to get a picture in your mind of a person who has that upbringing. And then they they get this the golden plates. And they're also living in a context where there's all these different denominations, like today, different denominations and things. And uh, so what comes together is a guy who says... I saw God, and he told me that I shouldn't join any human church, but should restore the true church. And since I'm a treasure hunter, here's a bunch of golden plates. And you can't see them, by the way. But here they are. I yeah. have them. That's, that's what, Why are you looking at me like that? Because, I'm, again, if, any, if I tried to
1: pull that off, mm-hmm. and God forbid, like, Billy Wendland gets sent by the government to, to go interview my neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, nobody would buy this. And yet people bought this.
0: Now, the guy in the video says that Joseph Smith was visited later by Moroni. Yeah. I can't help myself. I used to say when I would give a dumb preacher joke, I would say, if your religion has an angel with the name Moron, with the word Moron in his name, you probably shouldn't listen to that angel. I repent of that. But I had to say. Um, So he was visited by Moroni. Now, first of all, there's a long history of debates about the appearance of Moroni. At some times, Smith's account was that and I visited his room, and other times that Nephi visited his room. They chalked this up to a trans transcription error that Smith merely missed or that later editors were using poor sources. However, when we talk about the scribal errors with current translations of our Bible, like we said there's scribal errors in our Bible, we're talking about the difference between like Jesus or the Lord Jesus or Jesus Christ or something like that, Usually, and absolutely nothing that makes a theological difference or gets one of the major players in your story wrong. So that deserves to be mentioned. Uh, Then we got the testimony of three witnesses. Now, now here's something. I'd like to know what you think about this. If you don't answer well, I'll just cut it out, okay? Uh, But you have the testimony of three witnesses and the testimony of eight witnesses. This guy says this is one of the reasons that he believes. Mm -hmm. Now, I like this because the guy does talk about truth. I want to know what the truth is. He's all the time doing this. And this is kind of evidential. He says, you got the testimony of three witnesses that handled the plates, saw the plates, the golden plates. Then you had eight. So, together, plus Joseph Smith, uh, that makes 12. Mm-hmm. So, he says, you got 12. Now, that's an important number, it seems like, for the Bible. And yeah, for God 12 and all disciples. That, right? so, so, he says, or... these guys, We so we have eyewitness testimony. These guys claimed that they handled these plates. Mm-hmm. And that's what we say about early Christians who say that they saw the risen Jesus, and then later were persecuted, and these people were persecuted. How do you think we can respond to that and not compromise our own case for the resurrection of Jesus?
1: Because they had a testimony of three witnesses. And eight. And so eight. And then 11 Joseph. Plus Joseph 12. So if I get you and the Trinity Commission, right, mm-hmm. and then I go recruit your dad, Michelle, yeah. <laughs> And talk Steve and Doctor Elliot into it, and maybe Roy Hardin. Yeah, and we all in Trinity College of the Bible Theological Seminary becomes Primianity. Okay, that's what we'll call this.
0: Okay, I like Pritchettarianism.
1: Pritchettarianism, <laughs> fine. And we all become Pritchettarians. Yeah, right. And I only include eleven others in my inner ring. Okay, the Jonathan, the Pritchett, and the Prime. We've got a Trinity. Sure. <laughs> and then I have. Well, no, I'm doing an offshoot of Christianity because it's the most compelling religion. Okay. You you got to tie it to Abraham if you want it to go, except for Scientology, I get I suppose. Um, then you know, but I'll never get into Hollywood, except for Juan jun Lee might get me there. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't so, think you listen so I start to our this. show. So because I have twelve, mm-hmm. and everyone I know. That I didn't dupe into this is but, going to persecute me. But how are you going to get people to agree with you that that's true? Like, as long as there's no. no but you're asking me, okay, if, okay, because these these disciples saw this and they were willing to go to their deaths. Therefore, these disciples, along with Joseph Smith, saw this and they were willing to undergo persecution. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, That's what I'm asking. 500 at once is one difference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, that would be my first one. I was asked this in uh, the first time I ever taught hold on, hold a class on, here I'm at Trinity, a- and I didn't have a good answer right away. Who were the skeptics and opponents of Joseph Smith that became converts? Do what now? Who
0: were the, op- who were the James and the Paul? Oh, I see what you're saying. No, it actually works the other way with him. He had, he had several Judases. He had people that turned on him. Right. Now, see, this is this, you're hitting all around and kind of on a little bit, what I think is a good answer to this question. What yeah. it is is first of all, you should you should ask, what's the character of these people? And what did they do after they said that they touched the golden plates? Now he says they never denied it. Well, that's that's a matter of debate. However, did they say they handled the plates? in 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 the flesh so to speak, like hmm. in the blood. No, it was actually a vision that they were told to have enough faith and then they'd see it. One of the guys had trouble with that and he went walking off through the woods and then later he claimed that he had a vision of the plates and handled them and all that. But it was a convince yourself sort of thing and Joseph Smith didn't even have the plates there present with him. Right.
1: See. Second. This is a we don't deny it. This is not the apostle saying absolutely
0: affirm this. Right. right. And, and then you have Several of the, all of these guys, if I understand correctly, were known to have bad moral character like Joseph Smith. Several of them were related. And on top of all that, a couple of them defected. One of them said God spoke to him and said, get out of this religion later. So you don't have the unity. Now, what they'll say is, yeah, but Judas, Judas uh, kicked off uh, before the whole thing was over. Well, okay, what are you going to do with the other ones? It's different. A lot different. It's a lot different. Okay. And again, I keep just
1: putting the sniff test to this. Uh, Joseph Smith's character doesn't have anything to do with whether or not Mormonism is true. We have to say that at at the outset, but it does, it's enough to give you a red flag. And then when you see him, who he is in cahoots with is enough to raise a dozen,
0: 11 more red flags. But you want to know why the testimony of the witnesses is completely irrelevant is because of the 116 pages. You see, there is this, what Joseph Smith said to uh, Mr. Harris was that he could put the golden plates down and and, and look at, the, and Harris couldn't see him, but he could look down at him with rock, these magic rocks, mm-hmm. and he would be able to translate to Harris who would then write it down what, what the Book of Mormon said. Right. Now, if we assume for a second that Mormonism is false, okay? then not hard to do. He's making, he's made on a real big leap in logic, but he's making stuff up to Harris. Okay. <laughs> Harris and his wife have a spat yeah. and Harris was in keeping of the translated pages. He'd written mm. 116 pages go missing. All right. They were locked up somewhere where uh, Harris's wife had them and they were having marital issues and she took them and, and they're well, allegedly, and they're gone. They're missing Smith is enraged about this so what is so what What does he do well Harris's position was probably like well I mean you translated him before it's just I mean it stinks we have to do this again but just translate them again right I mean after all you're using the stones and you're reading it and it's there it's gonna be the same but Smith if we're assuming Mormonism is false knows I'm never gonna get it exactly the same because I was making stuff up right, right? And if those the pages turn up and it's different And if the pages turn up and yeah. you know so uh, he says no those are lost to history we're going to do a new new continuation of the revelation now now okay that's that's i mean you're starting to get a picture yeah okay and
1: yet people still believe it and if that happened today vegetarianism and i did everything joseph smith did mormons would think i'm nuts muslims would
0: think i'm nuts yes all of my friends would rightfully think i'm nuts and yet you're gonna buy this yeah, think about that. Really do think about that. Right. Um, uh, last thing I want to talk about. And why not traditional Christianity? Who did it piggyback off of and why? I want to talk about the book of Abraham. I don't. Because Joseph Smith, remember, known treasure hunter, money digger, uh, a genuine, legitimately, uh, a guy who had a bunch of Egyptian stuff mm-hmm. was coming through and selling it. And so Joseph Smith sees these uh, you know, uh, hieroglyphic papyri, and he's like, oh, this is this something, you know. Yeah. And so he channels his inner Indiana Jones and he purchases this stuff <laughs> for what would now be, my understanding, something like $2,200, $2,500, something like that is what it cost him in, in that, like what it would be today. Mm-hmm. And he took that um, and he translated it, supposedly, and came up with what is called the Book of Abraham. And this is a this is part of their this is part of their sacred text, even yes. to this day. Now, um, it's in the Pearls of Great Price. Now, the problem is, around the turn of the century, Egyptology became all the rage. You know, people were going on boat trips to Egypt and seeing the pyramids, and it just became. And so, in the States, uh, translating hieroglyphics became something that wasn't that hard for certain people to do. Right. And we now know what it is. And it has to do with Egyptian funerary practices. Does not have anything to do with Abraham? Does it doesn't have anything to do with any book of Abraham? Does it, doesn't have, anything do any Abraham. it doesn't have anything to do with any of this stuff? So what is, what is, so what does the church say? Or what does the Mormon church say? Well, first of all, they went missing for a while, and they were burned a little bit in the Chicago fire. So there are a couple of legitimately burnt places on these things, but you can still see what most... One approach that Mormon apologists today will use is to say, well, you see these little burnt spots? That's where the Book of Mormon was. Mm-hmm. You okay? mean the a- Book of Abraham? The Book of Abraham, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. And Okay, that's obviously reaching. Another thing they'll try How to How convenient, is, right? Right, right, right. Another thing that will th- they'll say is um, and there's like Mormon apologetics websites. You can just go read this yourself. There are a couple of images that are like like not the hieroglyphics but image like pictures. Mm-hmm. And they they will say, "Well, it's those that he was able to supernaturally uh, interpret from those pictures the Book of Abraham."
1: So, if Presbyterianism decided that all of your graphic art that you can take done this from, picture yeah. right here
0: on on an old book of someone breaking bread with wine, and you can get um, um, uh, the book of Noah. Since <laughs> you've got a son named Noah, right? right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, here's the thing about that. That maybe that's all true, but if you believe so, I've got some fictitious land in Alaska I'd like to sell you. Right? Sure. <laughs> I mean that that's that's the problem. Well, you said, but it's all a matter of faith. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. Despite what the pop culture says about all of this, the truth is. Christianity is a faith founded on fact. We've got lots of evidences for the truth that there is a God, uh, that Jesus rose from the dead, and a lot of other stuff. Mm. And we're happy to talk about those things with you.
1: Um, the most attested documents from antiquity ever. Yeah, This um, business about, insofar as it's correctly translated, are you're getting rid of the paraphrases, getting rid of the cult Bibles, your Bible is the most solid document in antiquity ever. Period. There's no contest. That stuff is gibberish. That's like bad athe- YouTube atheism. Copy of a copy of a copy. The texts are corrupt. No, that, that that
0: doesn't even fly. So we have a we have a class at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. Yeah, that out engaging the cults uh, yeah. back here. Uh, this is a logic class.
1: Yeah, you can so apply sure that. To that, yeah, and you become Christian,
0: and you heard about it from here, right? Um, there you go. It's a Trinity of posters, uh, but anyway, come to Trinity, <laughs> sem.edu, Trinity S E M.edu, and check out uh, what we have to offer. And we will—we uh, think it's the greatest seminary on planet Earth. And you can uh, learn how to respond to not only Mormonism but a bunch of other. Things. And if you talk to Mormonism, do not behave this way. Yeah, be nicer be nicer be
1: to the mormons but thing. you know
0: honestly folks for you, those of you that are not mormons and are listening in are like well maybe they shouldn't be that strong we want to show grace to outsiders but also we, we also want to be clear that there are third parties who are viewing videos like this one and maybe trying to make up their mind or maybe god has led them uh maybe maybe god is convicting them that they they shouldn't be a mormon and so they're going and looking at videos like this and, and if they see our video, it, 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 it can move the needle. It can be helped. Yeah. God can use this. And so maybe we say things a little bit too forcefully sometimes. We don't want to do that. Uh, we want to reach out in the spirit I of love. Do. And those of you who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches that you repent of your sins, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for your uh, salvation, and live for Him all the days of your life. But if you'll repent and trust in Him, you can be a part of a kingdom today and your sins are paid for, and you can know for sure that one day you are not going to be in a celestial kingdom, but you're going to be in the new heavens and the new earth. Amen. And you don't have to earn it by good works That's right. like Mormonism. If you like to do that, I think it's appropriate to, to tell the Lord that in prayer. It's not the same that a series of words makes you saved, but it's good to pray and tell the Lord that this is on your heart and that you want to commit your life to him. And if you do that or you have more questions about it, please contact us. You can send us an email at contact at trinitysem.edu. Make sure to check out our sister podcasts, um, The Narrow Path with Steve Gregg, who recently had a debate on Sabbatarianism, and it was fantastic. And I even like the other guy today. the debate. Um, also, uh, you want to listen to Leighton Flowers uh, at Soteriology. Soteriology 101 and The Bible Down. And so those are our, our friends. Those are our colleagues. We believe in them. They're all connected to Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary in some way or other. And we think you should be, too. So uh, come back next week and hear more from us at Trinity Radio.